are batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two, Derek Jeter. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! And when players might get back on the field, our David Sampson said he's thinking sometime in May for an opening day. And this is Reds pitcher Amir Garrett saying, let's stay at the table. Let's figure this out. They were not able to figure it out today. Let's get our GM, Jim Bowden, in here. Jim, uh, let, let's just start with that right there, I guess. Uh, wh why can't we stay at the table right now and try to get this done throughout the night and into tomorrow? Why, why do we need a break? Well, I think we have a huge difference of opinion of what the CBT tax threshold should be and what the pool should be for the non-arbitration eligible players, that is where there's such a huge differential. The clubs are stuck at 220 million with, when you look at the revenues, that really does act like a hard salary cap, even though it's a soft cap. It appears to be a cap that would stop probably seven or eight teams from spending like they normally would. And that is a real problem for the union. And the owners back their decision of their last offer based on how much the tax threshold has increased in the previous CBAs, but it doesn't really parallel the revenues the industry has had. And that's a real problem for the union and quite frankly, a, a deal buster. On the other issue, in terms of the separation for the pool for the non-arbitration players, the clubs have gone to $30 million. Now this is a pool that's never existed before. But the union's at 115 million. So there's just a huge difference financially in those two offers and those two positions. Now, the interesting part is early in the morning at 2.30 or 3 a.m., the clubs really believed that they were on the way to a deal and they really thought today it was gonna get done. Um, they thought there would be more movement from the players on these two issues and there just wasn't. Now, the good news is, when they do resume talks, whenever that is, there is an agreement on a lot of issues. Um, 12 teams uh, postseason, uh, both sides have agreed to that. The universal DH, 
um, service time manipulation, um, the lottery. Um, some say there's an agreement there. Others say there's not, but they're close enough to get an agreement. But it's the big two financial situations that, quite frankly, there has to be more give and take really from both sides for us to get a deal. And until that happens, uh, we're going to be sitting, unfortunately, watching basketball. Mm. Well, uh, a lot of baseball fans disappointed today. It certainly appears as though uh, we are going to have to cancel some games, whether that's uh, a week, a month. We don't know at this point. Where would you put the – if we had a – Let's just say a hypothetical panic meter out there, Jim. Where would you put that panic meter? One being, calm down, everything's going to be okay. Five being, oh my God, we might not have a season. Well, we're going to end up having a season at some point. But I will tell you that neither side, um, unfortunately, uh, is scared of missing a month of baseball. I mean, the clubs have done it before. I lived through the 95 um, strike and... Uh, we ended up starting the season in late April, and we ended up playing uh, all the way to the NLCS, and it was an exciting, fun year. Um, clubs don't make a lot of money in the month of April. There's not a sense of urgency to play in the month of April financially, quite frankly, because of the weather and the lack of attendance. Um, on the other side, for the players, um, you know, they're they're fighting for what they think is more economic fairness to, based on the revenues in the industry. And there's a lot of veteran players that are going to walk away in the month of April, if we don't play in April, of millions of dollars, really to try to help the next generation of players, because this really has more to do with the young players in the game than it does the, the veteran players. That being said, the damage to the game is what's irreparable. And that's why I am hoping after everybody goes home and sees all these spring training camps that are empty, I'm hopeful that they'll get back to the table at some point, maybe by the weekend, and keep working on this. But believe it or not, there's been a lot of progress. They were really close to a deal in a lot of areas, but they've got to resolve these last couple. And when cooler heads prevail, uh, I have confidence that they'll put their egos aside and we'll get back to finding a way to get a deal done because that's what the industry needs. The players need it and the clubs need it. Uh, Jim, you, you mentioned the 94 and 95 strike that, uh, that, that you were a part of and impacted by in the front office. H how does this one differ? Because, I mean, we, we all know that one did so much damage to the game. And then, you know, the home run chase in 98 kind of brought everybody back together. And then baseball was booming again. H how does this one specifically differ uh, from what happened in 1994? Well, we live in a much different culture, right? I mean, back then we didn't have social media. You know, we, we didn't have this kind of communication. We didn't have this many options in terms of how to entertain ourselves. And quite frankly, this generation, they're not going to wait for baseball. That's not how it's going to work. Now, the hardcore fans will come back. They always do come back. But you start missing games in April, it's going to do 10 times the damage it did back in the mid-90s. 10 times. So again, hopefully cooler heads will prevail. There is enough money in this industry to satisfy everybody. There is a way to do a deal here. And quite frankly, at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was completely convinced that by 5 o'clock today it would, would get done. However, at the same time, I was a little surprised there wasn't more movement um, on the club side on a couple of those big issues that we just talked about. So it, it was more, in your, point, in your mind, what the clubs were unwilling to do as opposed to the players? It, look, the clubs gave in a lot of areas, but it, the CBT threshold is not consistent with how the game has grown. 
nor is it consistent with projected future revenues. So it really, even though they brought down the penalties on the CBT back to basically where it was in the previous one, the amount of a threshold of 220 is not consistent with the revenue. So it acts as a cap and it absolutely stops the Mets, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Dodgers from running away from everyone from a payroll perspective. But it also it also affects some of those high middle market teams as well and it'll prevent them from spending money. So that level's just too low. They're not they're they're never going to do a deal. The players aren't at 220 million. That number's got to get up to 230 uh, to even consider having a deal. And the union really believes there's enough money in the central funds to support a hundred million dollar pool for the zero to three stars that are not arbitration eligible. Now the clubs come back and say, well, look at Corbin Burns. Under our plan, instead of making six hundred thousand, he would make two point six million. And the clubs came and they wanted to have the pool for 30 players. They ended up agreeing what the players wanted, uh, taking care of 150 players. But the amount of money in the pool is really where the argument is. And the problem is when you look at the industry's revenues, it, the numbers should be higher. Now, I'm not saying it should be up at 115 million where the players are, but I also think 30 million is a little light where the clubs are. And I think a deal in the 60 range, 50 to 60 range, is probably what gets this deal done. So again, like all negotiations, there still has to be more movement from the clubs on those two issues, in my opinion, to get the players uh, to get close to an agreement and, and get this thing done. But make no mistake, no matter what the rhetoric you're going to hear in the next 24, 48 hours, both sides have agreed on a lot of elements. Both sides have done a lot of compromising and a lot of giving we just have a little bit more to do. Yeah, that's that is good news. And you and uh, David Sampson both agree we're going to see baseball this season and sooner rather than later. Jim, we're going to hear from the commissioner Rob Manfred sometime around the 5 p.m. Eastern time hour, which is just a few minutes away here on the East Coast. What the baseball fans you think want to hear from the commissioner at this point? Well, they're, what they're going to hear from the commissioner Manfred is he's going to go defend the offer that the clubs made. And he's going to talk about how at three o'clock in the morning, they really felt like there was a pathway and the deal was going to get done uh, by five o'clock today, which is why they extended the deadline. And he is going to go through in that press conference. He is going to list for you all of the areas of compromise that, that the clubs have made. And it is extensive and it is real. Um, he is going to defend the two issues that I just talked about, which is really why we don't have a deal. He's going to defend those numbers. Uh, he's going to defend the CBT because he's going to talk about how much it has increased their offer from the last two CBAs. But he's not going to mention any relationship to revenues when he talks about that. And then in terms of the pool, he's going to point out that in the previous CBAs, there was no pool and the clubs have yet been able to offer $30 million for this pool and this new idea. So he is going to address that the clubs in good faith have addressed almost all of the issues that the players wanted. They have, they have given, and he's going to defend how far they've gone. Um, when Tony Clark has his press conference and Bruce Meyer, the, the lead negotiator, they are going to talk about um, the differences uh, financially and how far apart they are dollar-wise on those two issues. So that's basically what you're going to hear in these both both these press conferences. All right. Well, we don't even have to listen to it anymore. No, I, Jim, uh, thank you so much for uh, keeping us up to date here. And I, I, I do like enjoy the positivity saying that uh, we need to keep everything 
uh, kind of in focus here and all relatively speaking, uh, things are going to be okay eventually. We just might have to miss some games to get there. Jim Bowden with us here on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, this is the opening day slate, which is likely going to be canceled. It was scheduled for March the 31st. This is the first of the month. That was the last day of the month and still will be the last day of the month, but probably won't have baseball, at least regular season baseball. And one more time, taking a look at Major League Baseball's final offer, which was rejected by the Players Association. Jim Bowden saying they agreed on a lot of things, but they are still quite a ways off on a couple of big points. They're going to take some time to separate and then come back to the table. We don't know how long that's going to take, whether it's five days, whether it's two weeks, we don't know. David Sampson said he thinks we'll have baseball sometime in May. Do you want a sports network that delivers everything that matters about the game? The highlights, the picks, the instant analysis, no yelling, no fake debates, no politics. Hit the subscribe button and never miss a moment. Uh, breaking news here into first take. This from our Jeff Passan, who was with us earlier. Uh, Derek Jeter out as Miami Marlins CEO. He is stepping down as CEO of the Marlins, sources telling ESPN. Stephen A., El Capitan, your guy. What is your reaction to this? El Capitan. That, that's exactly. I'm glad you said that. El Capitan. Man, I missed that brother so much. I saw him in Miami last week. We ran into each other for a minute or so. It was great seeing one of the greatest ever. As far yeah, as I'm concerned, this is great news because I got news for you. He never should have been there. I mean, outside of the weather and there's no state income taxes in Florida, he never should have been there. Now, if what really should happen is that the Yankees should be picking up the phone and asking what kind of of relationship do we need to have with one another in an official capacity moving forward? Because Derek Jeter with anybody but the Yankees just seems sacrilegious to me. So as far as I'm concerned, get D Derek Jeter back into the fold. The New York Yankees haven't won a World Series since 2009. As far as I'm concerned, that has a lot to do with Derek Jeter being gone, all right? The man is one of the greatest ever. There is nothing to say about him. I mean, if you, if you saw a pimple on his face, it should be news because that's how unblemished he's been throughout his illustrious career. He's El Capitan. He's Derek Jeter. And as far as I'm concerned, the New York Yankees should consider this good news. I don't know what Brian Cashman Stephen and the Steinbrenner sitcom twins or whatever could come up with, but they need to find a role, a significant role for Derek Jeter with the Yankees organization. That's what I'm happy about. Stephen A., I know I'm putting you on the spot and asking you to read the tea leaves, so bear with me here, though. Do you think this has more to do with the Miami Marlins organization or what's happening in baseball in terms of trying to reach a deal? I don't know. I have absolutely no idea about that. Okay. I, I, to, in all seriousness, I'm not informed enough on this particular situation to, to, to even speak on that. Jeff Passan yeah. would be the ideal person to ask that question to, but I would tell you that, you know, I, I look at Derek Jeter and I say, hey, you know, there are times I looked at the Marlins and I said, you know what, they're more competitive than I thought. Their record may not always say that, but I've seen some talent on their squad. And I look at Derek Jeter, I just think he's synonymous with the New York Yankees and he's synonymous with baseball. Derek Jeter being involved in baseball in a, an official capacity is good for the game, especially for sure. if he was back for sure. with the Yankees.
Yeah, I just my mind went there because the timing was a little yeah. bit interesting. But obviously, yeah. one could have nothing to do with the other. And we should certainly ask Jeff about that. Get him on the show. Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube. For live streaming sports and premium content, subscribe to ESPN+. Once again, everybody, welcome to the Rich Koryanks podcast down here in sunny, hot, uncomfortable Florida. It's me, Richard, and my nephew up in New York, Dylan. Dylan, what's going on, bud? Not much. I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Um, besides your check engine line or your car coming on. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And uh, my kid's toilet having some malfunctions. So besides that, we're just peachy. Everything is wonderful. Everything's fantastic except the fact that we don't have any goddamn baseball. So, all right. Well, we're going to get into it in just a second here, but I figure the best way to do this because we kind of have two topics to talk about today. We're going to talk about the first topic. Uh, which is a little bit uh, calmer, easier topic to discuss, and then we'll get into the actual lockout. So you just heard two clips. The first clip was on the uh, negotiations. The second clip was Stephen A. Smith talking about uh, what our first topic will be, and that's Derek Jeter leaving his association with the Miami Marlins. So I think we'll start with that first, Dylan. Um, what are your thoughts on him leaving? Do you think there's anything to it? Do you think the timing is weird? Uh, what do you think? Uh, well, first off, I just want to say I saw this uh, funny meme, I guess you could call it, on Instagram, and it was uh, it was Jeter making the dumb face. I don't remember what it's from, but it's like you become the GM to trade away their best player, <laughs> and then a few years you leave <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of their first play, trade away their best player to the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you, I mean, I looked at the numbers, and my my take on it is is that. He expected them to spend money, which was mm -hmm. a mistake for, you know, that franchise. But they they showed the last five years of their when he got there, they were spending one hundred and eleven million last year. They spent fifty nine million on payroll. So if he was expecting them to spend money to be competitive, he was obviously incorrect. Now, that being said, to your point about the meme, a lot of that money was Stan's contract out of that one hundred and eleven. Yeah. million. So I understand that. And everything that I've heard is they've done a really good job rebuilding the franchise. Like they've got a great minor leagues. Now they've got a ton of good pitching prospects. They've got players on the brink. They've, they, he, look, he hired the first female general manager in baseball history. So he put some good things in place. I can tell you from experience and being down here in South Florida, I am uh, for people who don't know, I'm literally about 45 or 55 minutes away from the stadium in Miami. Uh, nobody goes. Um, I know they redid the stadium. They kind of changed the colors. It was very, uh, they went for a very Miami feel originally with, you know, a lot of neon greens and fish tanks and weird art sculptures. And when he took over, they kind of changed it to more uh, basic tones, a lot of blues, got rid of the sculptures, the fish tanks and made it kind of uh, more generic. It just never seems to connect with the uh, with the with the fans down here. But that's any sport in Miami, like uh, the heat when they're not winning championships, they don't they don't draw. The Dolphins don't draw. You can walk up any Sunday and buy tickets to a Dolphin game. So I just think it has more to do with the area than the baseball. But if I was going to be guessing why he left, I would have to say it had something to do with money and them not wanting to spend it. So um, it never felt right anyway. What about you? It never felt right him being on a, associated with a different franchise. Yeah. Um, is he going to sell his shares of the team? As he already well? did. He already did. He already that, was, did. that was part of it. Now, I found out also he only owned 4% stakeholder. I thought mm -hmm. he had a lot more, but he was actually – 
only 4% was essentially made him just kind of like the face of the franchise. Yeah. So, and I guess maybe they needed that to get a sale done or whatever. You needed a baseball man in there. So maybe, maybe Miami was using him. Maybe that was a kind of a thing. Like, look, we'll give you four. I mean, listen, 4% doesn't sound like a lot, but 4% of a, a major league baseball franchise is a nice chunk of change. I'm sure. Oh, definitely. So not, well, not that he's hurting for cash, but I mean, he, he committed, he moved his family to Miami from Tampa, um, sold his house to Tom Brady, I believe. Mm-hmm. I know Tom Brady was staying in his Tampa house when he was down here. So, um, he gave it a shot, but much like Derek Jeter, you never really, you'll never know because he doesn't tell you anything. You know, he, he just like when he was playing, you never got great interviews from Jeter. He was always politically correct. And uh, as you heard with Stephen A. Smith just talking, I mean, maybe this opens the door for him to come back and have some kind of role with the Yankees, which I would prefer. Anything we'll in the we'll front see. office or anything. Yeah, you would think they could give him like a, you know, give him an office and make him like a special advisor or something like that. I don't think he wants to be a general manager. I think he wants to be more of an owner. Now, listen, the rumor is there's going to be two expansion teams in baseball here pretty soon. So, you know, maybe he's part of that ownership group or something like that. We'll have to see. But Derek Jeter officially gone with the Marlins. And as far as I'm concerned, good riddance. Hopefully the Yankees can suck him back up into the fold. But uh, Miami is just a franchise that's a mess. But since we're on that topic, let's get right to the biggest news of the week. Um, I thought about doing an emergency podcast, but honestly, I think it was better that I just cooled off for a couple days. Um, the Major League Baseball and the Players Association could not come to an agreement and uh, thus meeting their deadline. Well, let's get specific. Now, I'm sure everybody's seen the, the news, and I promise you guys, this is not going to be a show every week where we talk about the lockout. I'm just not going to do it. We might mention it briefly. We're going to talk about it extensively today because it just happened. But if this is something that goes on for the next month or two months, we won't talk about it. We'll do less shows. We'll do shows instead every week. We'll do shows every two weeks or every two and a half weeks, and we'll talk about other stuff. Uh, we'll talk about minor league baseball. We'll discuss anything but. But I'm not going to waste our time and your time by talking about you know, two guys sitting in a room getting together for a meeting but all right so you guys have all heard essentially uh they've canceled the first two series of the season um because they could not come to an agreement and essentially what it looks like now is every week that they cannot come to an agreement they're going to chop another week off of this the regular season so if they can't come to an agreement around this time by next week you'll lose another two series and so on and so on and so on it goes so you know i'm hearing everything from uh they could start in mid-april to they could start at the end of may you know, um, you're hearing everything. Really, you don't know anything right now. It looks like what happened was, you know, they, they, they blew past the first deadline on Monday and everybody was optimistic. But it sounds to me like uh, it was kind of like a scam. The owners just wanted to make it look like they were moving off of some topics so that the players took the brunt of the blame for this. This is this is awful for baseball. So before I go on my long rant, Dylan, what, what are your thoughts on the first two series in Texas and Houston being canceled for the Yankees? You know, it sucks because I, I like when they go play in Globe Life Field. I think that field looks amazing. Um, and Houston, obviously, but they're playing in Houston. I'd rather see them play Houston at New York. Yeah. But it just sucks for baseball in general and the fans. Like, I feel like they're just hurting the fans. And that might be selfish of me to think that, you know, I'm not in their shoes trying to get the best deal, but it just sucks. You know, what's frustrating to me is that it, it apparently they got the players got the raise they wanted, you know, the proposed 14 game. If they agreed to the 14 game playoff, they were going to get an average salary of seven hundred thousand dollars. 
I mean, that's everybody that touches the major league is going to be guaranteed $700,000. It's over $100,000 increase from the previous salary, which I think was five and change, high fives. Um, that's a pretty nice chunk of change. I mean, you're pretty close to a million-dollar minimum. And we're talking about your backup catcher or your last guy in the bullpen is going to make close to a million dollars a year. You know, that's not including any endorsements or any side things that they have on a lot of these players uh, besides endorsements have autograph deals. Uh, they can go for two weekends in a row and sign their name at a trade show and make a pretty chunk, nice chunk of change. So they were going to get that. The thing that neither side could agree on was the luxury tax. Um, to be official, the old luxury tax we ended last year's season was $210 million. Um, the owners wanted a cap of $240 million. They wanted to go up $30 million. The, the players settled at 220. They could not come up with the difference between 220 and 240, which is pretty fucking ridiculous if you ask me, because there's a simple number there. It's 230. It's I mean it's a simple compromise. You're at 240, we're at 220. The simple compromise is 230. And it's fucking ridiculous that they can't get I mean it's crazy. Now listen, I've said this in the past. I believe that Major League Baseball needs a hard salary cap. I think you need a floor and you need a ceiling. You need to make these, the Tampa Rays and the Miami Marlins and the Orioles spend X amount of dollars. So if you're going to put a salary cap in, forget this luxury tax where you go over the tax and that money goes to the smaller teams. This, this is a welfare system that's not working. If these teams can't afford to be in Major League Baseball, sell them. Sell them or get rid of them. If you can't afford it, get rid of them. If you can't afford to run the Marlins or the Rays, get them the hell out of there. You're not drawing. You have no fans. You get these fancy new stadiums built for you in Miami, and then you gut the team two years later. It's atrocious. But long story short, I'm sorry. It, 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 it's, it's, there's a compromise to be made there. And for these, these owners and the players to not sit down and realize with all the options that people have for entertainment this, these days to not play games on time where you could have the first full season in three years to try to win your fans back and try to get baseball building some momentum and to, and, and to do this is just, it's just so short-sighted and stupid. You can't tell me they couldn't have started the season on time and kept working at this. That, that's crazy. Just keep working. Just keep working at it. Listen, we're going to start the season on time. We need a couple more weeks to hammer it out. Then play, play through it. What's the big deal? I just don't understand it. It's all about money. I mean, literally we're talking about a difference of 220 million, to 240 million. We're talking about a difference of $10 million for the owners. Now, if you split that amongst 30 owners, what are we talking about? You know, five, uh, $500,000 per owner. That's what they're not going to play for. How much money are they going to lose? You know, it's, it's so disappointing that, that baseball always seems to be, and I love it. It's my favorite sport by far, but they always seem to be the sport that shoots themselves in the foot more than any other one. Every time they make a step forward, there's two steps back. It's awful. How do they expect to catch up? You know, I mean, they're officially the third sport. You know, basketball's past them. Football, obviously, is the king. There, mm. There's nothing touching football. But basketball's passed them by. More young people watch basketball by far than baseball. You know, you know you're a young person, don't I, I, I've got a kid that's young. And to get him, there's no way I can get my oldest son to sit down and watch a baseball game for four hours. It's not going to happen. He's a casual fan. You know, in the playoffs, he might watch. But, the, you know, to watch a game in, in, in the middle of the summer for four hours, it's, it's just not going to happen. And then to do this, it's I, I don't know. 
I don't know. Well, just what look is- at ESPN. Whenever ESPN's on and baseball's in season, they're they're even talking about football and basketball over that, even though they're not even playing sometimes. You know. Uh, the biggest story right now on ESPN is the combine, the NFL combine. Basically, yeah. guys in, in their underwear running, <laughs> running wind sprints and jumping up and down and measuring the size of each other's hands. It's ridiculous. You know, it's ridiculous. You know what's on the MLB network right now? You can either watch the Sandlot later on tonight again for the 900th time, or you can watch replays of old games again, which is crazy. We should be playing right now. We should be playing spring training games right now. We should be getting ready for the season. So apparently what's happening is the owners, if they come to an agreement, they're, they're insisting on a four-week spring training, which I guess you have to have. Makes sense, right? You got to have some kind of spring training. I don't know why mm-hmm. these guys can't be getting in shape right now, but regardless. So whatever time, whatever day they do come to an agreement, you have another month until the season's going to start. Apparently they're meeting today in informal discussions. I don't know what yeah, the hell one-on-one. that means. One-on-one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, the rumors that I'm hearing is that this is a battle between not the players and the owners. It's a battle between the small market teams and the big market teams. And it's the teams like the Pittsburgh pirates and the Baltimore Orioles that are worried about extending that luxury tax. Now I don't know why they're worried because the way it works is for fans who don't know, I'll explain it. If last year, the, the salary cap or the luxury tax, excuse me, was $210 million. If you spend over that, you got taxed a percentage on that. If it was your first time going over it, you get taxed X amount of percentage. And then every year after that, you went over it, it goes up, which is why you see teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox resetting that and getting underneath that salary cap so they don't get penalized. The penalty money then gets dispersed amongst the lower income teams. So essentially the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets now, um, the Yankees, all these teams, their extra money is subsidizing the Marlins, the Rays, blah, 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 blah. There is also currently a lawsuit in federal court right now that the union has um, against Major League Baseball saying that those teams, the Marlins, I think it names the Orioles and the Pirates and one other team, that they didn't take that money and put it into players. That money was specifically to go to players and payroll. The, the lawsuit now claims that they were just putting that money in their pocket. So I can understand why if you're the Yankees and you're in a division with the Tampa Rays, you do not want to spend a dollar over the luxury tax if that extra money is going to go help a team mm-hmm. that you're competing with. It makes no goddamn sense. If they cannot afford to play with the big boys, then get rid of them. Now, I will say this. I've always been one to say it's just money. If they want to spend it, spend it. As long as they're spending it on players, I'm okay. There's plenty to go around. But if you told me right now, Listen, guys, we're going to have a hard salary cap. Last year was 210. Guess what? It's going to be 200 flat. That's it. That's the most you can spend. I'd be okay with it if it was a hard cap. But guess what? There's a floor of 100 million. These teams have to spend at least 100 million. They can't go over 200. You'd still have a hundred million dollar discrepancy between the Rays and the Yankees, but at least you'd be spending more than Rays. They're spending 60 million on their team. And then we're giving them money to buy pitchers and buy players. It's, it's ridiculous. The whole system is ridiculous. They both know it's ridiculous, but they can't come to an agreement to get a hard cap in. They can't come to an agreement with anything. Apparently, two of the big things which would have helped immensely was the shift uh, block was in this proposal where you couldn't have uh, more than two players on each side of the bag at second base, which was great. The universal DH we know was in it. Um, and the pitch clock was in it. Uh, a 20-second pitch clock. So there was things that would help the game tremendously in this agreement that they did agree on, but they can't agree on 
10 million fucking dollars. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand why they do this to themselves. And we sit here. You're right. Don't the fans suffer. The yeah. fan, I, you take it for a minute because I got to breathe. I, I... Like the only thing they're doing is hurting the fans with this. You know, like I said, they're always worried about money. You know, I'm not in their seat. You know, I don't play baseball for a career, you know, but it just it seems ridiculous. Last time that this happened, that there was a strike or a lockout, both times that this happened, it took years, years for the attendance to rise back up. It went on a decline for years to, to, to get back to where it was. And the last couple of years is just finally after the pandemic, let's take those two years out, had started to rise again as far as attendance is concerned. Now, what I'm hearing is there is a drop dead date. The owners have to return money to the regional networks if they miss more than 25 regular season games. So right now it's not really costing them very much money besides, you know, um, concessions, uh, tickets, stuff like that, which believe it or not, is not really a big deal, even for the small market teams, because they don't sell any goddamn tickets anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's not huge to them, but when they have to start refunding money to, you know, Fox sports Southwest and, you know, well, the Yankees are different. They own their own network. But when they have to start returning money after 25 games, then we're talking about a big deal. When they have to start returning money to ESPN and so on and so on. So everything that I'm hearing is a deal will get worked out. At the very le least, there'll be a month delay. Excuse me, a month delay. But I don't know. It just pisses me off because we're going to play baseball. Me, we all know there's going to be some kind of agreement. It just has to happen. Baseball's not going away. There's too much money to be made. Now, the other thing interesting that I heard from the player side was I forget the amount of dates it was. I apologize. I really should have had this for you, but there's an X amount of dates that they lose their service time if they miss too, which is a big deal for players because that affects free agency. It affects everything. Essentially, if they miss X amount of days in the season, this year doesn't count. So in other words, these guys, you know, lose a full year. So even if they do come back and play, they lose a full year of eligibility for contracts for free agents. So there's, there's lots of, of problems to go around, but the players, everything, I mean, I'm sure though, and you've seen some of the messages and tweets and mm -hmm. social media, the players are, you know, they, they're standing pat, you know, and unfortunately it seems to be the, the guys with the Uber contracts, the Max Scherzers of the world that seem to be the doing the most talking, you know, I'd like to hear from, you know, Higgy, our backup catcher, and see how he feels about, you know, losing $700,000 this year when, you know, that's the most money he's ever going to make in his life. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, like you said, short-sighted. It seems like they're not really concerned with the fans because they know we're going to come back. We're suckers. They really do. They know we're going to come back. Right now, what does the world need? The world is dying for content. You know what I mean? Like, you mm -hmm. know, we, we laughed about the cornhole scenario, like bring up cornhole. <laughs> that was that was broadcast on TV for a reason. It wasn't for kicks. They did it because there are so many options for channels and content now that they need content desperately. Like they're, they, 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 they will they will pretty much put anything on TV. So baseball is the perfect thing to sell. It's 162 games. It's six months long. It's cheap to produce. What do you need? Three cameras and two guys, you know, looking at a TV monitor. It's super cheap. It really is. It's super cheap to produce. And it does huge rate. Like people always say, oh, baseball's dying. It's not doing numbers, blah, blah, blah. Nationally, that might be the case. But locally, the ratings are massive. The, 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 the ratings for the Yankees on the Yes Network are, are some of the highest rated shows 
for sports period outside of the NFL, you know, all year long, like there's huge money to be made there. So I don't know. They're clear. They're clearly shooting themselves in the foot. I, I just think it's, it's gross. It's, it's so frustrating to me. These last few years have been so difficult, like sports wise, just with the pandemic and everything that's going on. And then for them to sit here and argue over, over what, and if it turns out to be that, that that's the stumbling block and they end up settling at 230 million, something they could have done and started the season on time. I'm going to be even more furious of both sides. It's all posturing. It's gross. It's just, I, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. It's bad for everybody. Yeah. And if, we, if, if we can all see it and they can see it, why can't they just make a deal, make the deal now, you know, they're going to make a deal, whether it's two weeks from now or a month from now, we're going to hear they've come to an agreement. They've decided on everything that we've already discussed here that they're going to decide on and they're going to come to a compromise on the luxury tax. And that's it. Why can't you be men? And you know what pisses me to fuck off is you have five years of this deal. These fuckers didn't really start negotiating until the last week, until the deadline. Why? Why? You have five years. Why not? You sign the deal. Say they signed the deal tomorrow. Guess what? Take the weekend off and Monday you start on the next deal. You have five years to make it work. Sit down in a room and work it out. So the next deal is done well before the, the, the deadline. It's ridiculous. What kind of silly shit is that? You have, procrastination. You have, oh, my God. You have people's lives at hands. You know, forget the players because the players, I think, are going to be all right for the most part. You know what I mean? Most of these guys are going to make a good living. I'm okay with them. You have guys that rely on this stuff like me for entertainment, you know, forget us that are trying to do a show about it or whatever we're trying to do, but it's relaxation for us, you know, working class folks who just want to relax and after a hard day work and watch, watch some sports, you know, and the guys who work at the stadium selling peanuts or security, or, you know, you're messing with people's lives for nothing. And like you said, those guys are going to be okay. You know, they, they've got their millions of dollars. It's, it's, ah, it's very frustrating though. Very frustrating. I don't know. Any more thoughts on it, though, because I'm ready to put my head through a wall. Uh, well, like you said, there's not really one group to be mad at. It's kind of like a joint effort that's killing us. So I just want to highlight uh, that. All right, guys. Like I said, we'll touch on it, everybody. Uh, if, it, if this continues to go on, like uh, me and Dylan had talked a little bit earlier, I try to do a show every week. We might stretch it out for every week and a half or every two weeks while this is going on, because literally there's going to be nothing to talk about, um, you know, unless there's something to talk about. So we're going to leave it at that. I'm not going to do this at the front of every show. I promise you, I just wanted to get this out um, and we'll get to the rest of the format of the show. So anyway, we're going to go right to the mailbag questions now. So, and then we're going to go to a new segment. Uh, What's bothering Dylan this week, which we're going to do every week towards the end of the show, but let's do our mailbag questions first. Um, We're going to keep our format of good cop, bad cop, or, you know, the complaint department like we did last week. And the first question comes, I did get some feedback that one of the people that we read the question from not last week, maybe the week before, uh, was wondering why I gave his full name over the, over the air. <laughs> Trying to dox <laughs> yes. him. <laughs> yes. So um, I was told that maybe I should just kind of give the first names and not give last names out. So I apologize to that person. I will not do it again. They um, live at 43 Evergreen. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell this person, um, while the our, our listenership has been increasing weekly, um, a lot to do with the new format and Dylan joining the show for sure. We're not at the level where I think it's going to be a huge issue for you, sir. So 
anyway, that being said, we are at, uh, I didn't even say at the beginning, we're at up season three, episode nine. I did the math. We're at, uh, this is the 61st episode of the show and we are approaching, uh. 40, yeah, we're approaching 14,000 downloads, which is pretty sweet. So I appreciate you guys listening. If you guys do want to reach out with the show, it's a uh, rich Yanks at gmail.com. And then all the social medias. Um, I'm trying to get better at it guys. I know I don't post very much on there. Um, I was hoping that when the season started, I can do more, but it is what it is. That being said, oh, before I get to the mailbag questions, I did uh, purchase tickets for because um, minor league baseball is is on schedule. They're doing their regular thing. I did purchase uh, tickets to the Tampa Tarpons first game of the year against the Lakeland Tigers. It'll be that uh, Rachel. How do you say your name, Don? We'll call her just Rachel B. <laughs> Rachel B. <laughs> yes. I will be at her first first ever professional game. So I'm going to drive up right. there and see that. Just, you know, try to keep myself occupied. I'll get to look at Dominguez and uh yeah, take some we, pictures. We oh absolutely. I'll post some uh pictures, some video, and I put that stuff on social. But I'm interested to see if that, you know, draws a bigger crowd this year because of no major league baseball. But we'll see. So uh that being said, I will get my fix of baseball somehow, but uh, I just happen to live in a state where there's tons of stadiums. The Florida State League is down here, and there's tons of uh, games to go to. But all right, let's get to mailbag. Um, the first question is from Jill. Hey, guys, now that we know the first two series of the season have been canceled, do you think a prolonged lockout will drop baseball to third behind football, basketball, and major sports? Well, we kind of talked about that already. I think that's already happened, though, don't you? Yeah, I think that's already in the past. I think basketball's overtaken it now. I, I would almost say that I would almost say sports in general outside of um, football are not really competing with sports anymore. I would almost say that they're competing with entertainment, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There, there's so much other stuff for you to compete with, with streaming. And I mean, it's unbelievable. Like you can find anything you want, anything that you're into is, that, I mean, my God, uh, these other Twitch and these other streamers, YouTube, like you'll, you know, they'll watch just online providers, individual people that you're fans of, and you'll watch that for hours on end young people, you know, and, and their attention span is so short right now that it's, you know, it's tough for baseball, man. You got a four hour game. I see a lot of people. I it's funny because I talked to some people when I was out the other day and I asked them if they like baseball, just trying to get a feel for it. And these were probably 15, 16 year olds. I was walking the dog and they said they did watch some baseball. And I said, how do you watch it? Do you watch full games? And they're like, Oh no. They almost laughed at me. Like, no, <laughs> they, they watch highlight videos and what they see yeah. on Instagram or what they see on Twitter, you know, sports center, 10 second clip, 30 second clip. And that's how they digest it until the playoffs. So I don't know. It's silly, but to answer your question, Joe, first of all, thank you for the question. I think to Dylan's point, we're in a rear view mirror that it is, is mm-hmm. clearly the third sport. So I think that's come and gone. So what's coming up after baseball, what's coming for us next. You think <sighs> golf? <laughs> God, I don't know. Uh, if I had to pick a fourth sport, I would, Oh God, hockey, I guess. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I guess hockey that. would probably be the fourth sport I would say, but I would say, you know, maybe hockey, listen, we talk about what hockey shut down a couple of years ago, a few years ago, because their their sport was a mess and they couldn't get together. They shut down for a full year and it really helped their sport. They got it together. They made some big changes. They realigned um, the way they did salary structure and stuff like that. So let's hope that baseball doesn't get to that point. But, you know, hockey is a lot faster paced game. I've never been a hockey fan myself, though, and I know you you watch it. I, yep. I mean, if it God, I just watched it last night. Yeah. Rangers. Did the Rangers win? Rangers are yep. playing well out here. They uh, it was a weird game because the uh, they were playing the Blues and the they were up two nothing and then 
in two minutes, the Blues scored three goals, but then the Rangers ended up winning by two. So it was a, nice. it was a good game. Well, listen, I'm a New Yorker first, so even though I don't watch the sport, I want New York teams to do well. So, I mean, listen, hopefully hockey doesn't take it over. I really don't. I mean, listen, there's room for everybody in the house, right? You you watch what you want. There's plenty of room. Like you said, it's not the olden days when there was three or four channels and, you know, you had to fight for a spot. You can basically stream anything. Um, Me and Dylan are also, or I don't know Dylan as much anymore, but I'm still a huge wrestling fan. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, these new organizations that are going to a strictly streaming model that are going to start their own little organization and literally just stream. Cause that's all you need is an iPhone now and you can literally mm-hmm. upload videos and you can make your own, you know, your own content and stream it. And, you know, you don't need the things you used to need. You don't need a, t- uh, a production. You don't need a big satellite truck. You know, me and you can do this podcast from other ends of the country and within seconds, get it out to the world. You know, somebody in Cambodia can be listening to it this afternoon. And we're doing this on, you know, just basic technology. So it's there again, baseball's just got to get it together. So, all right, let's get to the complaint department, uh, Bob, the builder. And I swear to God, hey. that, was, that was his, that was his username. I swear to God, his, his, it was Bob, the builder. Um, since the two of you just seem, I guess it was seen, he said seen, but seen to get all of your opinions from other people. What is really the point of the show? Well, Bob, you douchebag, I'll say this. <laughs> That's what these shows are. Uh, go turn on. Why, why do you think Stephen A. Smith is famous? Do you think it's because he was a spectacular athlete or, or a fantastic journalist? It's because he has opinions. Turn on any sports network or any talk radio show or any sports radio show outside of the actual game. 95% of the content are just guys giving you their opinion. Now, yes, every once in a while you have an actual ex-athlete that's in addition to somebody else. But if you ever noticed, even the ex-athletes never run their own show. It's always a journalist or another guy or somebody else just giving you opinions. Listen, you don't have to listen to the goddamn show. Don't listen. It's fine. I, I've clearly said many times that I do this show to vent and because I enjoy it and to get my thoughts out. And some people seem to like it. Uh, clearly, we're almost at 14,000 downloads. So either people are using me for some other purpose or people are enjoying something about the show. So if somebody's getting joy out of it, Bob the Builder, go find something else to do and be a man and put your real name on it next time. Bob yeah, the Builder. Go, go what, what, build a house or yeah, something. Yeah, build, build a what is it? What, oh, God. It's we been a while can fix it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I just don't understand people. I don't understand why people need to. Like, you have enough time in your day to comment on a, a random one of 9,000 Yankee podcasts out in the world. And you're going to take the time to tweet and, and criticize because our opinions, what else are we supposed to, are we supposed to make up our own sport to talk about? Like, of course, (laughs) of course there are opinions. All right. Cornhole podcast. Yeah. I did. Oh God. It might, we might have to, if we don't, it's, it's awful. It's awful. I don't know. Listen guys, Bob, I still do appreciate you sending in your feedback. I just, I I hope you understand that this is not a show that's being taken too serious. Uh, You got it for free. We didn't charge you anything for it. I'm not looking to make money off of you. Um, like I said, uh, we were going to start putting a commercial in. We will. That money is very, very little, guys. It is not substantial at all. If anything, it will help for you know, maybe buying new equipment or a better microphone or something like that. It is not to pad our pockets. I promise you we're doing this because we enjoy doing it. We're not and being the Pittsburgh Pirates. We're not, yes, we're, we're, we're not cashing in the Yankees luxury tax and pocketing, pocketing the money. I assure you. So, all right, well, that's the mailbag guys. Um, we're going to go to our first uh, what's bothering Dylan segment. We're going to do this every week now because I continue to get feedback that says I don't let Dylan talk. 
And listen, guys, I understand that. But I am a New Yorker. It's hard for me to not voice my opinion. The whole reason I started the show was to give my opinion and vent a little bit. And I get a lot of feedback that you guys seem to like when I get fired up. I'm sorry. It's, it's not me putting on a show. Me and Dylan talk basically about bullet points about what we're going to cover on the show. But for the most part, we're just making it up as we go along. So we're going to give Dylan his own segment every single uh, show at the end of the show. And we're just going to go to him and say, uh, Dylan, what's bothering you this week, my friend? All right. So I'm going to change my original idea. I'm going to put that in my pocket, save it for another episode if I can't think of anything. Okay. But this week, I'm going to say it's Rob Manfred. Now, I don't know. I don't know if you saw his little uh, uh, speech he gave after oh. they, they canceled the thing, but he was laughing like it's a big joke to him. Jesus. Yes. All right, Tony. That, absolutely. That really right. I, I, I watched a press conference. And yes, now what he said was absolutely fine. The way mm-hmm. he said it was ridiculous. He's had this yes. problem since he's taken over with his little comments. Oh, it's just a piece of tin or the trophy's not important. He is an awful person speaking. He is terrible at it. He's not good. And they should replace him immediately with a spokesman. He might be good because if you look at what he's actually saying, everything he's saying makes sense. He's speaking facts. Um, whatever he has to do a press conference, what he's actually saying, if you just looked at the transcript, makes sense. His delivery is piss poor. And the big part of that job, a commissioner of any sport, is communicating your message. You're basically taking the message from all these owners and delivering it to the public. And he's awful at it. I did see it. He was, he was smiling. He was kind of going back and forth with some of the reporters asking the questions. Um, I know there was a big problem because they had a picture of him practicing his golf swing during negotiations. <laughs> What, 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 what the fuck is the guy really supposed to do? Let's be honest. A commissioner of football or baseball, they have no power. They really don't. Essentially what they are is they, they get paid from the owners. All they are is basically a spokesperson for the owners. So we're giving these guys way too much credit. Like they have the ability to do this and that. The owners give them a little bit of leeway when it comes to maybe um, handing out penalties and stuff like that. But he is not making one single decision that he does not run up the flagpole with all the owners first. They, you know, we, we look at these guys as, as the villains and the faces. Listen, he's a big goon. He's a goof because he doesn't know how to talk. But none of this is his idea. He's not. He, it's not up to him. If they said tomorrow, hey, uh, you make the decision. You go, go into office and make the deal. He has no power to do that. He's literally sitting there practicing his golf swing because he's powerless. His job, they call him into the room and go, hey, this is what we decided. This is what we want you to go say. That's it. So he's a goof. Uh, the NFL, Goodell, he's a goof. But they're essentially just faces. They, be, they get paid very well to go out there and just basically be the, be the bad guy. The owners are specifically paying him for that press conference. He's paid to show up three times a year and take bullets for the owners. That's what he's there for. So that the owners, so Hal Steinbrenner and the owners of these, Henry of the Red Sox, these guys don't have to stand up there and answer all these questions. And they can say, oh, it's the commissioner. You know, the committee, you know, I don't know what Mm -hmm. the commissioner is going to do with that. The voting, just so guys don't know, for anything major to be passed, has to get approval of 27 of the 30 owners. So you have to get a, a, a pretty much a majority of all these guys to agree um, whenever you want to get anything done. So I, I can imagine that's got to be like almost impossible. Got to, you know, it's like putting a hat on a fire hose. Like I just don't, there, it's just got to be impossible. It's got to be, you know, and the funny thing is because I saw an interview with one of the owners 
and he was talking about expansion. Don't talk to me about expansion when you're during, when, during a lockout. This is not the time, guy. You're going to talk to me about it. You're not playing baseball right now. Your sport's on fire. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't argue about the, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to build another house next door while your one house is on fire. You know, it just seems stupid. You know, put out the fire first before you move on to something else. It just, I mean, listen, I think expansion's going to happen. I think there's going to be teams in some other areas, but we can, maybe we'll save that topic for another day. So let's just, let's just focus on getting these guys back in a room, negotiating and getting back on the goddamn field. That's what we need to do. And I don't know how that has to happen. I know I have no control over it. I know they were protesting um, yesterday outside of uh, Manfred's office. Mm. I, I, what is it? I don't know what that's going to do. You know what's going to happen when they feel it? When you start canceling your streaming packages, when you don't go back to the games, they'll see it. Now, they're not going to jump right away. But if, you know, attendance continues to decline, if uh, people stop watching, you know, they're, they're going to they'll get the point eventually. When when cornhole legit is the overtaking them in the uh, the number four the rating, sport the number four sport with a four bagger, four bagger signed for the number <laughs> four sport. You goofs! What a bunch of dummies! Could you imagine? You have this great. It's a game. Let's. What are we talking about, folks? It's a game. It's just a game with a ball and a bat and a glove and a stick. It's a, a ball yeah, and a stick. Yeah, it's a it's a little kid's game that somehow generates billions and billions and billions of dollars and these guys have literally taken themselves so serious to the point now where yeah no we're not going to play because we're going to argue over a 20 million dollar difference you idiots you idiots a lot of us have real jobs you know i i don't want to say what dylan does dylan's dealing with people who are bringing guns to places every other day you know i'm dealing with old ladies trying to run me over with their cars like it's just <laughs> we're, we're out there doing real jobs you know i i've been up since two this morning at work and I would love to just come home, crack a beer and kick back and watch some baseball today. But you know what? I can't. So these guys can get in their Lamborghinis. These owners can get in their private jets and fly back home and enjoy the weekend. And I hope they have a good time. You greedy goddamn pigs and get off your asses and get this deal done so we can have baseball again. Damn it. Anything else, Stone? Uh, I just want to point out that he did get fired up this episode, so you guys got what you wanted, <laughs> you listeners. <laughs> he hit the table once. Oh, Christ. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Like I said, if there's no news to report, um, we probably won't have an episode next week. It might be a week and a half or two weeks from now. We'll see if something comes up, what we can talk about. But I'm not going to waste you guys' time or our time talking about the same old same old so until we have something to talk about um or maybe until we get closer to minor league baseball and i can talk a little bit about that um and we can maybe dwell into some of uh you know i'll get some video of uh, some of these kids that are out there get some pictures maybe even get a chance to talk to somebody at some of these games but until then um we'll talk to you in about a week and a half i appreciate you guys checking out the show thanks for coming in and i would say you know i usually end the show with go yanks but there's no goddamn yanks so um, go lockout, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> he held it like an egg. Yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that. He hit the fucking bull. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was going to throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him.